0: had the pleasure of talking to Shirley Joseph for over an hour. She's today's guest and she's the creator of the Black Canadian Content Creators Community. Since it went longer than usual, I'm going to be splitting up this episode into two parts. So today's part one and come back next week to hear part. Welcome to the Canadian Business Women podcast. I am your host, Esther, and today I have the pleasure of talking to Shirley Joseph, the trailblazer and and a podcast producer, and multi-talented, everything hyphenated. Welcome to the show, Shirley. Thank you for having me, Esther. Thank you for being here, and please tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into all the work that you, you do now with podcasting and community building.
1: Okay, well, I'm Shirley. I'm born in December. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> I am of Haitian descent.
0: Oh, Mm. I I love Haitians. I have never met a Haitian that I didn't like. I love Haitians. Sorry to interrupt. Continue.
1: Oh, no, no. Say it. Say it. We have the best food.
0: Okay. (laughs) Always like male, female, even if a guy was hitting on me, it was always respectful. So like
1: best people, best food. We're stubborn though, but we're super passionate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have no complaints
1: yeah so my background is I have been podcasting for over 10 years you know I've always loved anything broadcasting television broadcasting radio broadcasting it was like my thing my family always made fun of me of the fact that I spoke too much as a kid and that I needed to shut up (laughs) In a very
0: Haitian funny way. They didn't know you were practicing. <laughs> they didn't know you were practicing for your yo. Your
1: well, it's so funny because a long time ago I was on another podcast and, you know, I think they asked me about like my childhood and I realized that I used to play around like, well, I'm going to show my age, but my parents back in the days before the internet, my parents used to like record they're week you know on a cassette tape and then send it to family in Haiti and then they'd get it back and so I used to sneak and take that tape recorder and put it under the table because just to listen and be a spy on the conversations that they would have in the kitchen because that's where every all Haitian adults gather it's not in the living room you know what I mean not in the library if you have the means to it's in the kitchen and so yeah so I used to record Mm -hmm. the conversations and then I'd want to like mix it with conversations with my little brother my poor little brother used to run away from me because as soon as he saw me carrying the the recorder he knew that I forced him to be my (laughs) co-host poor guy. And so it made me realize, wow, I've always like had this. And so then fast forward after high school, I decided to go to Humber College for radio broadcasting. It was a very interesting time when I went because it was a lot of discussion between you know, the landscape of radio changing to digital. And some people were like, oh, I don't know, you know. And so I learned how to edit (laughs) on tape. So my love for broadcasting, I realized it when I was on a show to talk about my childhood and realized that I love to, I used to sneak and take my parents' recorder, the ones that they would use to send cassette tapes to their family in Haiti and be a mini investigator and put it under the table to record their conversation and my poor brother when he'd seen me carry the recorder he kind of tried to run away from me because he knew I'd forced him to be my co-host and it just kind of stemmed from there and then I decided to go to radio broadcasting I really loved you know when I was at At Humber College, it was around the time where there was a lot of talk about digital, like radio changing into more, to be more digital. It was becoming that anyway. It was already there. But at the time, Humber was kind of this, you know, wondering, should we still teach analog? Or should we like start investigating to look to teach in digital? So it was a very interesting time. This was around the time when Howard Stern just came on the air here in Toronto which, you know, I love the interview style. And I know people always get surprised that I say this, but I really enjoyed the interview style of Oprah Howard Stern. And there's a CNN, what's her name? Christiana Amanpour. I love, love, love the way that she interviewed. And so I didn't go into radio broadcasting because it was a time where you really needed to know people in the industry, especially in big cities like Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. And the way to get in at the time was, and I I think it still is this way, is kind of like work your way from small towns to a small city to the big cities. And I wasn't willing to go to like in the middle of nowhere, nowhere in the north in order to come back to Toronto and was starting my family. So I put aside radio broadcasting a little bit, but it was always in the back of my mind. And so when I was living in St. Catharines, fast forward around like, I don't know, 2008 or something. I won an iPod Nano, which changed the course of my life with everything. And that Nano, that's where I discovered podcasting. And I started listening to a show called Keith and the Girl. I've always mentioned them in any show. Like I feel like they are the king and queen of podcasting. I feel like they have established the way that a lot of shows have Are I honestly, a lot are emulating them because I mean, they still are doing their show. They have over 3000 episodes and they've had people like even Mark Maron and so many celebrities or comedians that were on the come up who now have big podcasts as well. So they were a huge influence, huge in the podcast realm. And so I think around 2010, my life partner and I were really avid listeners. And we were like, every time we'd have a conversation at night, we talk about all sorts of like any and everything that you shouldn't be talking about at work, race, religion, politics, you know, whatever movies or television shows that we'd watch. And we always have a laugh. And we were curious, we were like, we wondered if other people would think like us, especially being an interracial couple, especially realizing how we could be in the same situation, but our experience and the way we view the world was completely different. And so it was very fascinating. So we thought, let's start a blog, then realize we're not, that's too much. Like I'm not a writer. He's not a writer. We're creative in a different way. And so through our thoughts of listening to Keith and a Girl, we were inspired to start Chonilla which later created the Chonilla Collective, which is a network of people we know and we trust, close friends of ours who in the U.S. and Canada that we feel have amazing things to say. So right now it's a collective of shows like Uncolonized, Interracial John, Chonilla, that's now changed the Shirley and Clove podcast and, and Black Canadian Creators, Creative to Creative with Tristan in Barracks, and so we did our show Chonilla for five years straight, but doing five years, every single like a show a week really took a toll on us. Plus we had little kids. So we took a long hiatus for four years and I've always, you know, one of the things that inspired black Canadian creators is because during the time of our hiatus and even the last two years of doing Chanilla, and we were really changing not the format but trying to introduce more guests that are canadian it just kind of stayed in the back of my head like why is it so hard for me to find other content creators creators let alone podcasters who are black who are in canada and so out of frustration and to make it easier honestly for me when i started thinking about like i want to create another podcast Black Canadian creators was born out of just me being frustrated and not finding us. And so I created the Facebook group and then was strategic to think about like using the Facebook group, like building a community around the podcast. And so that's how like it kind of coincide the community and the Facebook group. So built season one, had 13 episodes out, but then the community just grew and I put all of my time growing the the Instagram theme page and also the Facebook group, which still working on because right now there's like over 400 content creators in the, this private group and then a good 250, 400 that are still waiting because I vet every single person. I make sure that People are actual content creators in Canada or used to live in Canada or born in Canada, but, you know, are creating abroad. And that's just how everything just kind of (laughs) happened. And that's where I'm at now. Now with, you know, Black Canadian Creators as a theme page, working on season two to, to come back for 2022, you know, implementing, you know, we had our first this year I would say when I was checking the very first actual in-person event for Black creators by a Black creator, content creator specifically in Canada. So we had our first Soulful Bite in Toronto, where it was an opportunity for Black creators, content creators, that is to come together, network, meet each other. And we're about to have another one in November. And that's where I'm at for 2024 is creating more opportunities like this, opportunities to network, hopefully in order for people to collaborate and also opportunities for possibility businesses to get to know or utilize the power of influence of Black creators in this country for their business. (laughs) That's the full bio of everything.
0: No, that's awesome. I originally was connected through Instagram with your black Canadian content creator. Um,
1: how did you find it? Was it recommended? I'm really curious because I'm always...
0: I'm trying to think. That's a good question. I feel I've been following you for a while. So this was long before I even considered podcasting. So it's hard to say because I feel like I was kind of just trying to do the general content creating something. <laughs> like I had no idea how that was going to show up. I've done the like the blogging thing and the same thing with me. Like I can write, but. Unless you really, really enjoy writing, it becomes like a job or you feel like you're back in school. So it's hard to do the whole blog thing. And then I was just doing other things. And I think as I was looking for content creators and or agencies, I think you may have just come up and been referred through Instagram. Nice. And then I followed you. And then eventually you were kind enough to follow me back. And so I love that you're so community minded and you've done so much. And it's so easy to have like an ego about it. But just from interacting with you, it seems like you really have a heart to serve and to grow the community. And I think, at least for me, like I'm very independent and just want to do things my own way, especially when I was younger. And it was hard also because when you're doing something that not everybody's doing, you always feel like you're an outsider and you're not normal. So I kind of wore it as a badge of honor. And so it's been great now. To see through sh- social media to kind of connect with people who are kind of weird like me and <laughs> think outside of the box and I see the importance of creating that community now and I guess and you saw it too as you were kind of coming up and you kept looking around and saying where is everybody where's my people yeah. do they even exist you know let me create a space the other thing I kind of wanted to mention because when I originally reached out to you you said yes because <laughs> I knew your name and I feel like that's what you're doing for a lot of content creators you're you're helping us kind of get our name out but how's that been with trying to get press and you know getting attention from other media agencies and all that
1: i would say it's been hard because of my own doing <laughs> it's actually like and it's only like i participate as much as i wanted for people to know and i feel like i really haven't pushed too much On that aspect, and it's something I'm looking to work on 2024. Like, for me, it's like my mindset is if I feel like, oh, I'm good, I've done enough, that's not a good space for me. Because I always feel it's nice to hear what you said because I have moments it's like, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. I need, like, it needs to be pushed more, it needs to be out there more. I've had press, you know, like, I've been, you know, mentioned, you know, on like Buzzfeed, for example, but I wish I was mentioned outside of, usually I've mentioned during Black History Month and I wish it was beyond that. You know, I've had people say like, oh, you only were up there because of the name. Yeah, sure. But I don't believe that. It's not because of the name. If you listen to the show, I am very confident that when you listen to it, you hear the quality, it's great conversation. You know, I make sure to be really engaged because I want, it's huge for me that when you're listening to the show, I want people to talk back, like <laughs> to feel like they are sitting at a table with the guests that I have on that's super important. So I, I remember someone said that to me and I was like, at first I was really insulted. Like, oh yeah, you're just getting written about because A, it's the name and it's Black History Month. But I'm like, mm, it though, no, you know, because then you start seeing like being in a list like that, and you start seeing like who else is there. It's like, no, 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 it's not just about the name, it's really about like putting the time and the quality and the effort into how you present the podcast. Right? I really am conscious to make sure people are not having any form of listener fatigue. Cause that's a thing. I've listened. I'm a you know I'm not just like create podcasts. I'm a podcast fiend. Like I'm a fan of podcasting. I love it. I listen to it all the time. I'm picky on who I listen to. I want people to when I listen to a show, I want to feel that I'm. I want to feel something and not just like listening to the show. I've heard amazing podcasts. Great names. The hosts are amazing. The guest is going to be awesome, but then the quality is terrible and it's hard to listen to. And it makes me like actually sad, you know, and not just saying it like physically, I feel sad. That's how much of a fiend and a fan that I am. So I don't know where I went with this question, with your question. But I think my point is just to say that in terms of putting myself out there, I think because of. Really caring about it and not just having a podcast just to say, you know, I've had clients, I've had conversations, I've had to turn down people, you know, working with them on launching a podcast because I felt like, oh, you're just having a podcast just to either say you have a podcast or you think that's what you should be doing, but really not put any thoughts into answering the question, well, why, you know? And so that's huge for me. So yeah, I've let the name and the way that I spotlight people to be kind of like my marketing or my way to have to gain attention. But in terms of like how much that I have received, I know for sure it's on me because I'm introvert, extrovert. Like you put a microphone, I become an extrovert. If I don't have a microphone in front of me, I'm totally a hermit and introvert. And so I'm really this year or ne- the year coming up, 2024, really pushing myself to see if I can really help, you know. And I think I know that the, the way to help really broadcast, because the more people will write about Black Canadian creators, the theme page or the podcast or even the group, I know that the more it helps creators like you to be found and to be discovered. So that's my goal for 2024 is to like, I need to put myself, more out there and I've had a mentor tell me like no you, you need to become the face because as you notice if you go through the Instagram account I really don't try to put my face out there because for the longest time I was like it's not about me it's about the creators but I have to give shout out to Cher Jones she does these amazing like LinkedIn lives and through just asking her a question I think I already knew the answer but she helped really like solidify what I already thought was, like, someone has to be the captain of a boat. Like, somebody's got to steer the ship. And I realized, like, I have been steering a ship, but nobody knew, you know, who to go to if anything goes down. Or if, you know, and going down, it could be a positive thing or a negative thing. I lean more on the positive thing, right? So I realized, like, okay, I need to be really, like, become a visual Captain for 2024 when it comes to Black Canadian creators. I hope that answers your I question. That's understandable.
0: <laughs> Yet, Are you good at asking for help, yeah. or do you have other people? Because you're doing a lot. So. I know. <laughs> I am. Are there other people helping you? No. Reach all these goals. No, nope. it's all me.
1: But this year I've had a lot of help. I've had, you know, like shout out to people like Alex from 24 from Hustler Over Everything podcast people like him and then pretty soon like having people who came to the first like soulful bites like the Lewis girls who are YouTubers and were kind enough to say hey the first in person event was amazing and we know that it takes a lot of work what can we do to help you. And so that's another second goal is pushing myself to ask for help and accept the fact that people want to help me as well, you know, because there was a moment where I went through a little bit of a heartbreak with the community that was during the pandemic and that's when it was an app where it's like people can have conversations and it was all audio. Gosh, I forgot the name. Oh, um, you know what I'm talking I'll about, right? It,
0: I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Clubhouse. Yes. Clubhouse. Clubhouse.
1: Yes. And I had a bit of a heartbreak because people were saying like, Oh, you know, we should have community and we need to do this and we need to do that. And everybody, you know, I've had a few people say, okay, surely, do you think you could do that? Surely you could think you could do this. And I was like, I remember in that conversation on Clubhouse, it's probably still up there, where I was like, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to do it. Y'all know I could do it. Like, I just need help. I can't do this all on my own. And so if you're into it, email me or DM me. I got nothing. So I went through a bit of a heartbreak that I slowed down in terms of like, if you'll notice, like last year... Like 2022, I was really quiet and I was not posting as much. I had a like, you know, I was working in social media and, but I just always felt this, you know, Black Canadian creators always in the back of my head, like, no, you can't sit dormant on that. It's really needed and important. So after healing from that and told myself, no, this is big. I've always felt like what I'm doing with this is bigger than me, that I needed to get back into it. So Asking for help is something I'm, it's a continuous working on, but I am doing it. (laughs) I'm not only asking, but I have been open this year to receive it as well.
0: That makes sense. Well, that's why I asked, because what you were saying about feeling like you could be doing more, I could hear my own kind of inner talk, inner language, kind of, you were speaking back to me, what I kind of say to myself, where I always feel like I should be doing more. and the pandemic kind of forced me to realize that I have unrealistic expectations and I don't always recognize what I am doing. I'm always looking at what I should be doing and that I'm not good at asking for help. And I try to do everything and then I and just feel like I failed. So I can see that with you because I feel like you're doing a lot and you're doing a lot of great things. You're a creative person. And if you're not used to asking for help, it can be hard. And then when you do ask for help, if you feel like you're not getting the support, you're less likely to like push because you're like, forget it. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I'll just keep doing it by myself. So um, I think that's understandable. My whole thing coming out of COVID, the whole pandemic and COVID's not over, but the lockdowns and all that is just to be kind to yourself. Because <laughs> we went through something where whether you want to do something or not, we legally couldn't even do things. <laughs> we had to sit in our house and wait and be patient and rest so it's like I'm trying to be kind of keep that in mind as I go forward with starting my own podcast like it's not easy but try to unlearn the bad habits
1: yeah and what I mean you just asking is huge I've had clients and people I've sat down who you have no idea how many people I've spoken to who said I'm gonna start a podcast and I'm like where is it? You know, And people think like, you have to have, you know, it has to be perfect. It has to be planned. I'm not like, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a plan, but nothing in this world is perfect. You know, if we all waited for something to be perfect, nothing would have ever, you know, started in the first place. It's a matter of just doing it. And by doing it and being active and reaching out like you did to say, Hey, you want to be on my show? You gain experience from that right you gain experience and connectivity and so that's like you're beyond most people that i know who started who starts a podcast you know and just doing it is so important and it's okay too that's another thing is as a creative to change do you know how many iteration of black canadian creators i think i'm on my fifth i don't know but so many because i've had moments where it's like oh they're gonna see I'm doing things different and I'm like I have to move past that you know sometimes I'm like well you know Pepsi and Coke had different iteration different logos different looks different you know colors and presentation of their brands and things like that right so it's okay to go through changes just like you go through change you know As a human being, right? We're not going to stay toddler size forever. We're not going to stay kid size forever. We're not going to stay, you know, teenager size forever. We become adults, you know, young adults to adults to seniors. So it's something that I had to like, really realize that like, hey everything grows, everything changes, and it's okay that you showcase that as well in anything that you create. And it gives permission for other people. It's a form of vulnerability and to showcase that you're real and you're a person. And so it's okay to not be afraid to go through changes in anything that you do.
0: I agree. I agree. I think also what I've been trying to learn, because I've tried different things and I have a lot of creative ideas, but it's like, how can I make this a full-time thing, right? And I thought that I would get it right the first time. You know, I think that's what a lot of people, I don't know why that is, because it takes us 18 years just to get finished high school. But somehow, once we're done with school, we want to start something like business, for example. And we think that we're just going to get it right the first time and it'll be perfect the first time. And no, it's constant trying out different things. It's probably not going to work the first time. Usually Mm -hmm. doesn't because you're. You're still learning yourself. You're still learning what interests you. Are you a home cook or do you want to be a chef? Like Just because you enjoy doing it doesn't mean that's something you want to do full time and get paid to do. So I think it's it's a process of accepting change, but also realizing that you're probably not going to get it right the first time and getting rid of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I will be the first to admit it. Thank you for listening to this episode please share it on Instagram and tag us at cdnbizwomenpod. Thank
1: you. Take care.